0: From the Baller's Discord channel, this is the Baller Locker Room where we talk all things baller. My name is Alex. Today we sit down and talk to NFT Genius' very own VP of marketing, Charles Atkins. We got to discuss his roles and responsibility, how he views the Baller brand presently, and what the Baller brand's future might look like. So please enjoy our discussion with Charles. The Baller Locker Room podcast is not affiliated with NFT Genius or Baller's NFT. All discussion here is not financial advice and a solicitation to purchase any past, present, and future Baller NFTs. All right, welcome everyone to episode four of the Baller Locker Room, where we talk all things Baller. Today, we have an extra special guest. His name is charles atkins and he's the vp of marketing welcome charles to the podcast how is cleveland treating you
1: well i didn't actually make it to cleveland so yeah funny story one of the the coworkers at nft genius headed out there um i ended up not going and good thing i didn't because apparently when the plane was landing they're having a big snowstorm and they had to abort the landing and he thought for sure he was going to die so
0: kind of happy i wasn't on that plane wow. so i'm actually i'm actually still out here on the west coast in california yeah. Joining me as co-host is MP33 and Noons. MP. Bing Bong. Hey ballers, what's up? Uh, ready to rock and roll.
2: Incredibly excited to chop it up here with Charles. Um, tons of questions. And uh, you know, it's gonna be awesome to to hear a little bit about you.
0: So excited to talk. Perfect. Last week there was a tongue out baller that sold for 2.8 K. Did it tear your heart out to see that?
2: You know what? Uh, it didn't tear out my heart. Uh, it, it was exciting to see the activity on Tongue Out because there's going to be very minimal amount. And so to understand what the value is and how it got acquired within 30 minutes uh, <laughs> of, that, of that sale is is incredible. So although I would love to have it for myself, I don't live
0: in europe and i had no shot at it congrats congrats to the seller and buyer next is noons welcome officially as the new co-host shooter sadly had to drop out probably pursue his dream as a youtube influencer but are you pumped to talk about all things sneakers and ballers
3: B-b-b-ballers! hell yeah of course i mean what a better time be uh to be in the ballers community and uh i'm gonna echo what mpa said we're super lucky to have charles on today um can't wait to dig into it
0: perfect perfect we we have a jam-packed agenda so let's hit charles with some lightning questions can you tell the audience where can you, kind of, you grew up uh what made your decision in picking baller 657 that's your pfp yeah i mean so i'm born in california born in socal grew up
1: in california mostly moved to chicago was there for a while um came back to california and you know got linked up with with nft genius and yeah man ballers so ballers 65 72 that's me number four new orleans giants um overall not not a great player so i mean matches me perfectly um looks exactly like me but skinnier so super aspirational um yeah i mean i just i, I felt found one that I, I really liked. I've, I thought it kind of looked like me with the headband and, you know, probably plays better than me too. So perfect.
2: Wait, I thought you were dunking all over Jeremy and, and all that. that hey man, I, of- I, I want, I won a nine foot dunk contest in eighth grade. Let's let's, let's not go too far. All right, all right, okay. <laughs> Second question is, are you a Venice beach guy? What is your thought on Venice beach since, since you're more in you're a Cali guy? I'm, I'm East coast. So. Yeah, not a Venice
1: beach guy, really. I mean, it's, yeah, definitely not not my area. So I'm more of a more of a a Bay Area guy, downtown LA, uh San Pedro, the actual the background picture um the I should say the the banner photo on my Twitter account is a a hoop that's in San Pedro by the Korean Bell. It just overlooks the ocean and there's barely anyone out there, so it's a it's a
2: sweet spot to go shoot around. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. I've been the only place I've been is Santa Monica for my yeah. buddy's wedding. Um gorgeous area. Um, similar to kind of what you just described right there. Just looking out in the ocean is man. That's sweet. Uh, so as far as just overall ballers though, um, are you a trait guy? Are you a skills guy, combo guy, what do you follow from just if you were to pick your own baller, uh, you know, sort of what what is your um, thought process around that?
1: I mean, for me, I I definitely want a good overall score. But when
2: when I get around to buying more of them, I'm definitely
1: going to look to try to try to round out a squad and see what that looks like. Um, For me, you know, I love the I love the emoji. I love the alien. I'm a super like bright primary colors type of guy. So like the brighter, the better just on the visual aspect. Yeah, I mean, I definitely like the, the overall skills. I think dunking is going to be important my dude is not a good dunker right now so um i got to pick up someone that can that can actually touch the touch the net
2: like nba
1: or, jam dunking you mean i mean that would be nice yeah if i can get if i can find someone with a 99 dunk that isn't you know one of the
3: legends i'll go for i'll take that but hey if, if you get a pair of sneakers with a high jump rating is that going to add to your dunk i mean i Question. feel like you guys are
1: really asking me about the game here like <laughs> asking me about like Trying to like lay it all out really ahead of time. I mean, obviously like, yeah, the, the traits involved with sneakers do have different aspects to it. The one thing I was like telling people in the Discord when I was in there talking about it was, you know, don't get mixed up trading too fast because you don't actually know what these these traits do, what the, what the accessories do quite yet. So you can make an assumption that, you know, X may do Y and maybe we thought you would think that. So we did the total opposite of what you may think have happened. So... There's a couple out there that I think would surprise people. Wow.
0: Wow. Playing reverse psychology already. And
1: I mean, the, the, <laughs> they all, they all add to your game. It's just some of them are going to do a little things a little bit different than you may have anticipated.
3: I love that. I love that. Uh, before we, before we finish these lightning round questions here, I love the, I love the emoji that the bright bodies. I totally agree with you there, Charles. If you had a top accessory that you would love your baller to have.
1: I mean, for me, just aesthetically, like, I like the pencil. I don't know why I want the pencil, man. Got to be gotta be student of the game. I feel like that just, I mean, and besides, like, what, what maniacs going to play with a pencil in their ear anyway? Like, that's just wild. I love the gold headphones. I mean, gold headphones are legit, so
2: those are dope. Yeah, that's a common theme. Uh, you know, four episodes so far, I think three or four folks have said gold headphones, for sure. A yeah. pencil. Huh? Love it. Love it. We have a pencil crew here. We have a pencil crew in the Discord. Nice. They're going to love that. So jumping into um uh just a little bit about yourself. Uh I'm actually interested just tell the people a little bit about yourself, maybe background, stuff like that would be interesting um to hear for sure.
1: Totally. So I'm I'm one of the older dudes in the NFT space. That's why a lot of people call me Gen X cuz I'm a kind of an old head like I actually started one of the first digital marketing agencies back in the mid-90s. So one of my first clients was Yahoo, and that just kind of tells you how old I am. And then moving forward, just you know, doing a lot of marketing and brand building with Fortune 500 brands. So Anheuser-Busch, Nike, Red Bull, Marvel, all the way up up to where I started investing in NFTs myself, probably 2017. Got in pretty deep on that side, and then I just came back to NFT Genius from being a, a VP of NFTs at Polygon, where I oversaw all of the gaming, sports partnerships, uh, consumer brands. Um, you know, bringing on people like like DraftKings and Cavs and the Miami Heat and a lot of other people onto the Polygon ecosystem. You know, really big on just building out brands and and getting the right connections there to make things blow up. Awesome.
2: As as we progress into the the pod here, I think uh, we'll be asking you more about branding. That's super important. But in the meantime, I'm I'm interested in your fanhood. Uh, we are actually Ballers Locker Room is interested in your fanhood. Tell us your fa- fa- favorite NBA squad, college squad.
1: Oh man, this is going to be the most embarrassing question of the day, without a doubt. <laughs> um, both of my well, what? So my NBA team's not even at 500. My college team just barely broke 500. So NBA. I'm a Wizards fan, um, catches a lot of people off guard. NCAA, I'm a I'm a Michigan Wolverines fan, and that's only because I was obsessed, never stopped being obsessed with the Fab Five. That was the crew growing up. Like, you had to love them, and I just never stopped since. Man, Wizards got to get something
0: together, though. I can tell you that much.
3: Well, Porzingis trade, yay or nay?
0: I love it. I love that guy. All right, there we go. Yeah. You mentioned in the Twitter space that you – did a little uh Nike traveling team. Was that correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I I
1: played hoops through through high school and then after um played on one of the Nike summer league uh traveling teams for about three years, played with an Adidas team called Ebo, elite basketball organization, where I consistently got dunked on by Carlos Boozer, um, which was super fun. Yeah. So I mean I, I played for a while, didn't play in college. Um at the time I was at Fresno State. We I mean, had guys there like Rafe Ralston, Chris Heron. I mean, they were they're pretty much balling out. So yeah, I I had to stick to the the summer league teams from the uh, shoe manufacturers.
2: So is that the best player you've ever played with or against uh, Carlos Boozer?
1: Boozer definitely caught me off guard. Like we knew he was going to come in, coming from Alaska. We like, didn't know what to expect. We're like, what kind of talents like coming out of Alaska? This dude walks in at like 17 years old, like six eleven, just like drop stepping from outside the paint, just throwing on people's head like that. We hadn't seen before. Like not really, I would say the best athlete I played against. It was just like a shocking athlete to play against was Deshaun Stevenson back in the day, like when he was uh, in high school uh, and, you know, going towards the NBA incredible. And then in some of the pickup games, I think like where I really started to appreciate how different a level NBA players are from everyone else is uh, got to play in some pickup games with Brooke and Robin Lopez. The shocking thing about that is obviously you guys know these, these are like big men. Like these are giant men had the best handles on the court. And we were like, okay, this is like, this is a different level. Like we got guys that are seven footers that are easily just with the handles, just outballing everybody on the court. Like that's when I really started to realize like, okay, NBA is a, a totally different level than anything
2: we're all used to. Pick up with the Lopez twins I, you know, I don't even know how you score a point, right? You have to it's, sc- it's yeah. Hope, hope that hope they get tired. That's
1: what, and it doesn't you happen. Really never
2: go in the paint
1: ever. Oh, no, man. don't even bother. All right. So when, best
2: player of all time. What about best player of all time that you think and team of all time? I mean,
1: best player of all time. I'm, I'm a huge Jordan fan and, you know, everybody can debate the stats. I think for me, it was more just like cultural icon. I mean, growing up in late eighties, early nineties, like watching Jordan on every commercial, watching Jordan like on the Dream Team, it, it was just like a. Yes, we all watched him play. I think for me, it was just a lot more than you know his playing game. Um, I was I've also been a huge Shaq fan for a long, long time. Best team of all time? Who man, it's got to be one of those Bulls teams, one of those years he was on. I mean, it just depends on depends on which one. I mean, they had that streak going for a while. The re you know the Golden State teams. When Steph and Clay were were really on fire, those were pretty pretty tough to beat too.
2: Yeah. I gotta go bulls too, but yeah, this the Steph Clay K D combo along with with Draymond Draymond. I mean, jeez. I don't know. I, I got the bulls too though. I'm with you. Yeah. Controversial question though. A lot of people say LeBron. A lot of people say Jordan. I'm a Jordan guy.
1: I mean it depends on what you want. I mean, that's like I was watching that ultimate draft yesterday the top 75 players of all time and it's it's just like the eras are so different from each other the game is so different from each other yeah it's like you get guys like bill russell who's clearly just legendary beyond belief and you're like you know would that guy be doing 20 and 20 in today's
0: game like maybe maybe not like it's just it's so hard to like figure that out okay switching gear a little bit how did you find nft genius was were you poached by Jeremy Bourne when he was looking for a VP of marketing? Can you give a Mm. maybe a full circle story? Yeah so so actually last year
1: um, about spring of last year I was actually the marketing director at NFT Genius but I was approached by um, someone else on the team not Jeremy in particular to come and work there uh, mainly to focus around an event that we were putting on and just they were having a lot of trouble with The company that was supposed to be putting together the event. I came in, I had 15 days to kind of throw it together. Um, Got Cuban to come speak, got Roham to come speak. Um, We had about 50 speakers over two days, pulled that off. And then, you know, right after that ended up going back to Polygon and just like having that that go out. And then towards the end of December, just kind of took a break from NFTs in general. And uh, me and Jeremy, like, me and Kurt, actually me and Kurt have always like talked on DMs, like really good friends with Kurt. So we've, we've always talked back and forth. Me and Jeremy text, talk all the time too. So he's like, you know, why don't, why don't we just like, why don't we blow this up? Like, why don't we blow up ballers? Just like come back over And I'm like, let's do it, dude. Let's, let's blow it up. So I'm back at NFT Genius. And we've, we've got a pretty distinctive North star on what we want to hit. And I mean, we're all, we're all charging at it
2: and we're happy to have you no doubt yeah thank you so as far as um between you know you and you and jeremy any crazy funny moments that happened between you guys like back in the day anything of the sort i mean not like back in the day it was funny
1: like we didn't realize until later on that we'd actually played against each other in high school he and i are pretty close to the same age and we our high schools like played each other started all like kind of coming back and we we're like oh yeah that that like makes a lot of sense like I was, I, I was actually surprised how tall Jeremy was. That's what a lot of people don't realize. Like Jeremy's a big dude. Like people think like, I mean, he, he could ball, like he's a big dude. Yeah. So that, that was pretty interesting. I mean, while we've been working together, I mean, just, just tons of crazy stories. Like, you know, you could imagine at any startup, just, you know, getting things thrown together, everything's on fire every day. You gotta just, you gotta get it done
0: working two, three, four in the morning all the time. We're going to totally switch gears. We're going to talk about a little bit sneakers drop. This new section that we have in this podcast is going to call straight flex zone, where we kind of show off the sneakers that we got and some shout outs and overall hype. We definitely want to shout out uh, Dan Shoemaker. You know, within 45 minutes of the sneaker drop, he put together a website showcasing you know, the picture of the sneakers, some drip factors, all the metadata basically everyone could have. So please definitely check out Dan Shoemaker's Twitter. Give him a like, give him a follow. Thank him for his work. Um, Empey, what was your favorite uh, sneaker that you got? All right. So mine's uh
2: 5976 with a drip factor of two. Jump92. Uh, there's no enhancement attached. But one of the funny things that I actually saw on this is, and actually it's it's a trend that I've been seeing for years. Like developers love to label things and and sort of laugh at the the labels they put inside of their code, and the background is silver fox. So I think one of them is like a Richard Gere fan or you know George Michael fan or something like that, and you know they had to put in silver fox for a silver background. So. I thought that was funny, but the jump ninety two is uh, certainly the most interesting to me. And you know, obviously, without knowing everything, um,
0: that's what I flex right now. Noons, how about you? What kind of wild sneaker you got?
3: I'm glad you mentioned that, Mpei. the The backgrounds are interesting, right? Like even just looking at R three right now. You said silver fox is your background. Uh, mine's old campfire, whatever that means, hey. But uh, yeah, I, so I got, uh, I'm only a holder of three ballers. So I got four out of six of mine, um, were, were commons. And my favorite one so far, uh, is the one that has the ankle breaker enhancement. So I think, what is it? Number one, one, six, four, nothing crazy. Drip number two, jump 78, but giving me an ankle breaker enhancement. Yeah. I was pretty happy to see that.
0: Perfect. Uh, I forgot to mention that you know all these ra- rarity rankings on the sneakers are pinned in the main chat of the Discord. So definitely check that out. But my sneakers I'm flexing is sneaker 6693. Aesthetically, it is super clean, just white, gray, and black. Definitely, you know, pure minimal like me. Uh, it rocks a drip factor of four. Jump 75 could definitely work on the jump, but it has the dry delaying enhancement. I don't know what that means, but it sounds like I'm about to dunk on some people. <laughs> but, you know, when the sneakers drop, I literally sat in my desk for two hours just watching this drop, you know, begging, praying to the dev, stop giving me airdrop. <laughs> you know, but and Charles, you were there right in the discord, giving, telling, you know, hyping everyone up. How, how's your take on it?
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's really interesting. The yeah, that that was super fun. I'm glad we like got it out that day. I mean it, I mean it was just so interesting like we had everything downloaded, we had everything going through mint, we we're getting ready to airdrop and then flow <laughs> flow had a technical issue like that day and we were like you've got to be kidding me. Like what is happening with this thing? And then luck cuz it was the same day they were dropping uh what was it was it the NFL all-day packs I think or it was the NBA the first all-star packs? one of them but it got super slowed down and anyway we got them out the door i was in the disc discord like i was just really excited to see that everybody loved the aesthetics and i really loved that everybody couldn't believe that these were the commons i mean yeah and these are these are the most basic ones out there so if if you're waiting on some other ones you're going to be pretty happy i mean you should be happy with these too i could tell from the ones that you guys just flexed with yeah you you guys got some good ones that's for sure (laughs) What's your favorite yeah. uncommon or
0: uh, iconic
1: sneaker? Well, uncommon, that's a good slip in trying to get me to tell you about the iconics. But, <laughs> smart voice. Um, hey,
0: man, I've been, I've, I've, I've,
1: I've been in PR and communications for 23 years. I can pick uh, up on the questions. Man. Oh, okay. But, <laughs> all right. All right. The, the, the uncommons, I mean, I like the Ivy. The Ivies look cool. The monitors look cool um the blue heel a lot of people don't pick up on like they just think it's like a plain sneaker but there's some that have like a little blue visor around the heel those are sweet drip factor is obviously going to be a big deal jump is um and driving the lane ankle breaker like yeah those those are all things that are that are going to come into effect and not all the sneakers have you know any of those attributes some of them don't have any of them so i mean you guys definitely got some good ones
2: yeah i mean there's uh, the enhancements are the cool part, I think, for me, because, you know, there, there, there comes a lot of speculation with it, uh, but also you can kind of imagine it pretty simply uh, on this show. We we try not to speculate too, too much. Uh, we leave that to the discord, but overall, um, I'm really happy with it. And and what you said before, Charles, the common theme that, that we had in the discord and just in general talking on Twitter and so on, everybody is ecstatic about the way they look. Um, even being common. So certainly a, a big piece. But one of the things that stuck to me was the the flow piece. What you had mentioned, there was a technical difficulty and so on. That brings me to a question about barriers. As far as like your career as a whole, there are a lot of barriers that you may have come across and so on and so forth, right? Can you discuss maybe one of the biggest barriers, if not the biggest barrier you've come across and and how you overcame it?
1: Yeah, I mean, the biggest one for me just working in the industries that I've had is getting people to mass adopt a new technology. That's always like the biggest and most difficult problem. So web one, when people would come to me, it's like, why do I need a website? It's like, I got to the point where it's like, I'm not gonna convince people anymore. Like eventually you just, you're gonna have to, or do we need a mobile app? Do we need to be, do we need social media? And now with blockchain, it's like, do we need a blockchain strategy And then right now, the technology is so new that we're still hoping that consumers have mass adoption. We're super fortunate that we're able to link up with Dapper and use the Dapper wallet just because it's ease of use is a big deal. Like you can go in there, you can use fiat currency that helps users, you know, really onboard quickly. There's most of the people that are in Ballers also own Topshot, And so it's, you know, we get to tap into that community who already kind of understand how to use a Dapper wallet and flow. So, I mean, for me, it's just kind of aligning myself with, with where the trends are happening, but then typically with the brands that make the trend the easiest for mass consumer adoption. And I think Flow, Dapper, um, and then what we're doing at NFT Genius, we're trying to align all of that. So all of the general population has an easy time utilizing blockchain technology.
2: Yeah, so I actually read and listened to a couple of things that you've done before, Charles. Um, and so one of the points that you've made was whoever, the first of the party with the sort of www. Uh, adjacent solution for blockchain and NFTs is going to be one of the biggest winners. And that rang true to me because... If you can start to integrate and make things easier for folks that don't necessarily know anything about it because we are so early and everybody on this pod knows that we're early, um, the first people to the party with that solution is going to be the most most important part. So for anybody who's listening to this, um, take that advice, and once you start to understand that that solution is made, that's when we're going to start to make it, in my opinion. My no,
1: to- totally agree. I mean, there's some people working on it. Chainlink's getting close. Some researchers at Columbia University are pretty close. There's a blockchain called Waves Tech, which has a layer zero, which connects all the metaverses, so you can take your assets across all the different virtual lands. So, I mean, we're we're getting there. I mean, I think you
2: know maybe another year. Yeah, agreed. I, so that brings me to another question of endgame of Web three or transition into web 4 for you what is the what is your opinion on end game of web 3 nfts as a whole and so on and so forth what do you think it's going to solve for for mankind gen- you know eventually
1: i mean i think it, it, what it really does is it kind of eliminates the concept of businesses acting as a pyramid and i've i've said this before in some of the talks i've given we're not We're not going to end up going Web3 and further beyond. We're not going to end up with a billionaire and, you know, a bunch of people making 50 grand a year. What's going to happen, and I've said this before, it's like the first company that can make all of their users in their entire community millionaires, but they have to have the understanding that they'll be right there on level playing field. That's the ones that are going to win. You're not going to have this like multi-billionaire and then a bunch of people making almost nothing. Like you have to have your whole community has to be equal with you. And I think this this is really a technological way to do it. The other thing is it takes the human trust factor out of the equation and it allows not necessarily computers. But, yeah, you have to program the smart contracts. I always tell people smart contracts are basically mini supercomputers. I mean, whatever you program them to do, they're going to do. So you don't have to rely on a human you don't have to rely on trusting people to do it it's just it's going to do what you tell it to do so if you know we're talking about defi or any other you know systems out there it's not going to be you hoping that somebody's putting your transaction in correctly it's already going to be mathematically programmed that things are going to happen the right way so it's it's kind of undeniable trust leveling the playing field giving people the the opportunity to do the things they love and still earn money Instead of just like going to the, you know, going to work every day and just doing the same thing over and over, hopefully people are able to find their
2: passions and
1: share in that and earn money by utilizing blockchain technology.
2: Oh man, I love that opinion. I think for me, it's what I heard what is convenience, right? It brings convenience to folks to start to learn and understand what they really love and get involved in what they really love. So yeah, Yeah. I, I love that. And so what you really love actually is branding, right? I mean, you're a marketing guy. We kind of asked before, like why ballers, Um, but truly like, why do you want to brand ballers? Why ballers in general uh, for this particular platform? Because it is a big platform for you to start on, right? We're talking about a global sport in basketball, connecting into the NBA, connecting into potentially your European leagues, so on and so forth, or, or, you know, just leagues across the world, right? Australian league is huge um talk to us about why. I would say so outside of so
1: I'll say in the United States I've never seen more passionate fans than basketball fans. Just doesn't exist. Outside of the US, I would say it's probably a tie with soccer fans, football fans. Um when it comes to that. So when I when I was at Nike, I was doing a lot of the launches for the Kobe line, so the Kobe Elite, Kobe 9s, all these like doing all those launches and I can tell you like That had a huge international flavor, obviously him being really involved in getting the NBA over to Europe, getting the NBA into different countries. He's a really big ambassador for, was a really big ambassador for bringing the NBA all over the world. And so what I can say is when it comes to basketball, I know this can be a huge brand and a global platform because the barrier to entry for fans is very low to to understand and to love basketball. You need something round and something to throw it through. You know, there's not a lot of people in every country playing baseball. You need equipment. There's nobody playing American football really outside of the U.S. You need a lot of equipment. It's expensive. It's just why it's why you see basketball and you see soccer everywhere. You need something round, something to throw it through or kick it through. That's why it's global. So for ballers, I know that the, the passion of basketball fans is just undeniable. Um, NFTs are obviously striking a big inflection point right now where that's a good catalyst to launch a huge brand. So for me, the the lens that I view this through is that Ballers is a startup company of its own. All of you holders have made an investment in this startup. And now we have to see how much revenue we can push this startup to and return that capital to shareholders. That's how I view it. It's, It's a major brand. It has shareholders. They're in your dapper wallet right now. How do we make that the best experience for investors, return capital, make them highly valuable and turn it into a real brand. And just like any other startup, you have the people that have invested in it, but really what you need to make that you know, go ballistic is you need the general population involved as well. So we've got to get a lot of people involved with ballers that aren't necessarily holders. So the holders, I just consider the investors. How do we return that value? We have to get millions of people involved in ballers. So yes, there's a lot of people out there They may not ever hold a baller. They may not be able to afford one, but they may have a t-shirt. They may play a game. They may drink a sports drink that's a partnership. There's other avenues in which we can get everybody involved without being a holder, but that will only benefit the holders who have made the initial
0: investment in the project. That was an amazing answer. I just want to chime in. Yeah, NBA, definitely one of the biggest, biggest brands. And what separates NBA apart is how flexible they are with their copyrights with, I mean, not super flexible, but definitely allow consumers to, uh, you know, rep their team harder, let their players even talk about social media or their takes on, you know, whatever they have on Twitter. And you don't really see that in any other sports. And so having that flexibility goes a long way for branding and exposure and reach across the globe. a uh, great transition would be is kind of how do you see, you know, you've been in um Nike, you've been in uh Red Bull. How is web3 marketing different than the traditional marketing model?
1: I mean, it's super different. We're, you know, it it really is about awareness and building a brand. I always I use an analogy that I always steal from uh Seth Godin and he says, you know, if Everybody knows Nike, like Nike is, is an incredible brand. They've done really well at their branding. So let's say, you know, Nike were to create a hotel, you know exactly what that hotel would be like. You, you could imagine it in your head what a Nike hotel would look like. But you take a company like Marriott or Hilton Hotels and you have them make a shoe, you would not have a clue what that is or what it means to anybody. And it's because Nike has a brand and those hotels have a logo and it's totally different. I think with, you know, with ballers and branding and in web three branding in general, like if you're not viewing each one of these projects that you're involved in as an individual company that needs super strong branding and awareness that's pointing towards general consumer adoption with all the benefit coming back to the holders. I mean, you're just, you're not gonna make it in web three. Like that's the point is that no matter me, Jeremy, Kurt, anybody at NFT genius, The goal is to make the project huge, but the goal is that none of us make any more money from it than all of the holders. It's, I mean, we all hold ballers. Like I luckily had to buy mine from NFT genius because they made me pay for my own. Cool. Totally. But I believe in the project. So I think I'm going to get value out of it. I know I'm going to get a return. And I mean, luckily I get to be in the driver's seat of helping that happen. Um, I just, I think that's the big difference is web one, web two. It's like, customer acquisition. Like, first of all, you're calling people a customer and you're trying to acquire them. It's like, acquire them for what? Just to like spend more money over and over and over. You know, for ballers, it's like, how do we create a community around this PFP project, make it fun, get great collaborations with other brands that align with what we're all about, and push the revenue that way, and return that capital back to people that that hold the project because, I mean, you all were the initial investors. That's how I always view it. It's like Ballers is a company, it has investors, and it's everybody watching this.
0: Awesome, that is great to hear. Um, when you came on, there seems to be kind of like a misconception from the community that you're just more of a PR person. Could you kind of let the commun- Baller community know your main top responsibility um that you plan to take on
1: yeah definitely not a pr person um i've done it before not really my main suit i mean really what what i'm geared to do and what i've always done in my careers is bring on like large brand partnerships um collaborations on just a number of different things so so bringing smaller ips into the world of larger ips um So it's it's mainly talking to major brands. My goal has always been to bring Fortune 500 brands awareness of new technologies. So, you know, that could lead partnerships to ballers. I mean, I've already talked to a ton of gaming studios that with my work at Polygon Um, started some of those conversations again with ballers. I've talked to a lot of fantasy sports leagues as well and, and apps. Um, So really just, just finding the best route to make sure that ballers is seen by by mass consumers and a lot of that is just partnerships and relationships not a ton on on the PR side although when we make those partnerships I'll make sure that everybody knows about it that's for sure
3: I've loved everything you've said just as a holder myself like hearing you express what you're going to be bringing to NFT genius and, and to the baller's community has got me psyched to say the least for sure I I'm curious like from your experience with Polygon and and blockchain and gaming and everything what are you going to bring to ballers that you've seen work on that poly uh polygon blockchain
1: yeah i mean it and you know ballers may never have anything to do with with polygon at all obviously flow is building great things um i know flow has intentions to um allow games and other other build processes on their blockchain too and that's obviously who we're closely aligned with so that's something that we would consider i would say that you know, A games. I know I've seen a lot of people in discord say they take three to five years to make. And, you know, I, I, that is for like long storyline driven games, A games that have like deep and long story. That's not really for like sports properties. It doesn't take that long. Um, casual monitor games, you know, usually take six months if, if they're pretty good. Um, fantasy games can take as little as a month. If that's the direction you go, I think, you know, ballers, we're going to explore all of those possibilities because there's no reason it can be one or the other. Um, we've already got proposals from gaming companies with different timelines, different budgets, um, you know, different things that happen with the attributes of the sneakers, the, the players. So, I mean, we're, we're definitely, definitely going down that route. Um, but that doesn't cut off the options of other games either. Uh, I just think like rule number one of creating any type of a game is make sure that it's fun, make sure that it's engaging, whether there's a blockchain aspect to it or not. You know, in the beginning, it could just be a really fun game. I think where the blockchain comes into play is if we're doing fantasy, you definitely want like verifiable randomness. You want, um, you, you just want proof of it being a fair game, which is what blockchain has the ability to do. So, you know, randomizing loot drops in games, player attributes, like there's things that, that work really well. Things I saw, you know, with DraftKings, like they were already, and this was at Polygon, like not saying that we would necessarily do this here anytime soon, but, you know, connecting real world stats and data APIs to like change fantasy scores on NFTs, like in in real time. So that's that's interesting that if we ever got to the point where we were able to use all of the player likenesses, I mean, that would be really cool because we could set up like an actual, pixelized um, like fantasy sports game and use the player's real stats and they would update and change in real time. And like all of your different rosters would change and that would be really exciting. But yeah, I think from, from a gaming standpoint, there's a lot of things to be worked on in the, in blockchain gaming. The biggest problem right now is all the games are just not fun. And because everybody's putting too much emphasis on how much of this can we write on chain and really, like, you don't want all of the gameplay to be on chain. You want the things that matter. So, like, any financial transactions, absolutely. Anything where you have to prove randomness or prove fairness, absolutely. But, like, if every time you dunk on someone, you need that to write to the blockchain, your game is just going to
3: take forever. Like, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, I, I think that's the right philosophy, too. Like, it's a game. It should be fun, right? So, so thinking about it, like, from that kind of just first principles uh, way I think is is super important, and and I'm happy to hear that you guys are kind of think of it thinking of it that way. Um, but before that question, I was you guys or you were talking about the partnerships and building that brand. And I mean, we saw two of the biggest kind of partnerships that you guys just had this past week, right? With with Duncan and Charlie B. Um, from your point of view, how how has that started? How is it uh, how has it been going? And is that really important for you guys to get, whether it's NBA players or different celebrities involved, uh, the, the custom ballers? I mean, we've seen NBA Top Shot um, definitely link up with all these different players. They just had that huge campaign with, uh, with Durant. I'm just curious about how, how you're thinking about how it's gone with, with Duncan and Charlie V, and, uh, and what's for the future. Yeah, I mean, that, that's gone really
1: well. I think in the future, you know, we've got a couple more that we're working on right now, I, three that I know offhand. Um, you know, obviously with the NBA right now, we can't really do like active players. Just, I mean, we could kind of make their likeness, but they're pretty sticky about doing active players. So for right now, it's going to be a lot more the legends, people that are retired or people that we grabbed while they were in college. So that's kind of where we are. I mean, it's important for us to get celebrities involved, um, to a certain extent, obviously that just like, you know, anything else out there, there's. That really weird thing that comes along with influencer trust. You know, it's just, it's weird psychology. It just always happens. You see somebody like Gary Vee get into a project, everybody wants to get into it. You see, you know, just other celebrities into it, they want to get into it. I, I think we're just, we're trying to push those boundaries as much as we can without getting slapped on the wrist by the NBA. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. And like, we have good communication with them. They know about the project, they obviously you know, talk to us about it. Um, We get a lot of third-party information through Dapper as well. They're really tight with the NBA for obvious reasons. Um, So even just having a really good alignment with Dapper, a really good alignment with Top Shot and with the NBA front office is like a big deal and it's getting us in the right direction. You know, and having Dapper, obviously that's the other thing is like, you know, our investors are Mark Cuban, Roham, Anthony Pompliano, um Guy Osiri, who used to be Madonna's manager, and Ashton Kucher. So like the options to rug people do not exist. Like <laughs> Yeah, talk about you, brands. I mean you have to like these guys have high expectations. We're doing everything we can to deliver. And the partnership with Dapper, who's, you know, led one of our previous rounds and is gonna be investing in the company again pretty soon. I mean, we've got to keep that relationship alive. Making ballers, you know, go to the moon is kind of, I mean attorneys would kill me for saying that but we're not supposed to say anything financial related but I mean that's the whole point right like we want to return really high value to people that hold these things and having those close aligned relationships with really big brands with the NBA with legends with celebrities it makes a difference and so we take those phone calls 24 hours a day when that phone rings you pick it up you do the work
2: don't worry to be clear on on our podcast we have a this is not financial advice uh, okay, for good. anyone, so you're good. <laughs> yeah, awesome.
3: You know, no, it all sounds super exciting, and yeah, those names—I mean, they speak for themselves, right? And the fact that they want to get involved, um, I think, says everything. And even you just saying, like, the opportunity for a rug pull just isn't there with with all the people that are invested, um, the people that this project matters to. Um, I I think it's kind of a no brainer, um, and. This community is so strong um, right from the get-go. I mean, I think I bought my first baller a couple months ago and just completely welcomed by the community, both Twitter, Discord, right from the get-go. Um, from your point of view, like how are you going to take advantage of that where we already have a super strong community? There's only, I think, I think we have about 4K um, individual holders. Um, knowing that you have that strong community to build on right from the get-go, a really strong foundation. In um, your role with NFT Genius, how do you see you capitalizing on that?
1: Yeah, I mean, that was like really awesome for me when I hopped into the Discord, like just being able to chat with everybody and see how active everybody was and even welcoming of me. I think a lot of people have seen in most of the chat, like my job is to be as transparent as I can possibly be. I try to tell people what's going on as much as I, I possibly can, just with full knowledge that projects like this, like they do have their ebbs and flows and in nft projects in general i've always kind of been a believer that if there's paper hands like in the barn like let them shake out and if you're going to hold that's fine because there's going to be ups and downs but what i want to happen is that people that are selling and trading and flipping and kind of degening on the project like on a day-to-day basis that eight months from now they've got no ballers in their wallet and they're just losing their mind with FOMO. Cause they're like, dude, I sold 20 of those. Like how much of an idiot could I have been? You know? And like, that's, that's just one of those things where it takes, it takes a little bit of time. And I I'm glad, like I've seen a lot of really patient holders in the community. Um, I haven't seen very many people that are just like, wow, this is terrible. Like the floor is not going, I haven't seen too much like floor talk. Like it happens once in a while, but typically if that's like the majority of the chat, that's a red flag. So like, that's one thing I haven't seen, which is, you know, really encouraging that the community is strong. I think just listening, like I want to listen to the community. I know in, in parts of the chat, like i just put my email address in there. It's like, shoot, I mean, shoot me an email. And then the other thing is like, now knowing that we want large brand partnerships, like you said, there's 4,000 holders, like there's no way in hell, that out of four thousand people, some of these people don't have great connections to brands or don't have great connections to other athletes. Like, they can contribute too. Like, especially if you're holding, like, this is only going to benefit the return in the long run. So, I, I asked people in the in the chat the other day. I'm like, if you guys have partnership suggestions and you know somebody who knows somebody, I don't care how far removed it is. Like, email me. Like, let's let's talk to them. So, and it the community is like very responsive. It's a big deal.
3: Absolutely. It's uh, I'm not surprised that you got uh, you got a bunch of response already. It's uh, yeah. I mean, the community is super strong. Something something I want to build on that you mentioned uh, before. And I even like on the Twitter spaces, they kind of mentioned uh, with the breakfast. I know you weren't there, but the idea of different uh, collaborations with different flow projects. Right. And and working together with whoever's in this community. Right. Like just seeing some of the pictures from that ballers breakfast that looked like i think i saw baron davis there and, baron was there
2: yeah,
1: Dom Dominique Wilkins, Wilkins. Right? yeah yeah
3: like that that's pretty exciting and uh i know you weren't at the breakfast there but um i would love to hear just even if the possibilities of thinking about uh what other partnerships or collaborations can be on like with with the flow blockchain and and other things and who might have been at that breakfast that uh we can be excited about uh hearing yeah. about later.
2: And on mentioned via Twitter a few different times, like, Hey, you know, we're looking for something big, you know, it was supposed to be very, very soon. So that could be a, a connection to integration, which I'm really, really interested in. I do think that obviously uh, that could increase volume significantly by integrating other projects or, you know, certain things. So certainly would love your insight. Um, okay.
1: So I'll start on the breakfast, the breakfast, uh, John Kraske, I'm not sure if you guys have have known who he is, but him and I co-founded something called NFT Thought Leaders a while back. We hold these breakfasts all the time, like even before I came back to NFT Genius, but we're like, you know, what better opportunity than to combine these powers like all under one roof? So like, yeah, the breakfast, like we've done it at NFT NYC. We've done them in Miami. We're doing another one in Miami, another one in New York. Um, We did the the all-star one, obviously. Um, Yeah, we, I mean, we try to get, you know, the top top of the top. So typically we keep it to 50 to 75 people max. Um, we make people RSVP, pretty invite only, very curated list. We wanna make sure that we're talking to the right people and we hold them at breakfast. And it's like, if, if, if you're up at 10 in the morning and you're ready to do business, you're probably the type of people that we wanna talk to. So yeah, I mean, this one had, yeah, Baron Davis, Dominique, um, a lot of their partners, um, you know, Shaxx Management, Vayner, like the whole Vayner team was there. A couple guys from Coinbase. Um, we always have a lot of those guys like Shopify, Amex, like a lot of the major brands that are out there in the ecosystem, the NBA on, uh, on TNT guys. Um, yeah, so so those are always really fun to do. And we look for bigger collaborations regarding like the larger question about Dapper and what things could drive a lot of volume uh, there's, yeah, there's things happening. I, I like under an NDA to not talk about, you know, some of those things, but yeah, I mean, there's some things upcoming. I, I'll say probably in the next couple quarters that could really drive some extremely heavy volume.
2: I mean, I don't know. I'll just, I'll I'll leave it open for any alpha that you want to share small, large, anything in, in general for the, for the people of ballers and ballers Nation. Um, or you can omit doesn't, doesn't matter to us, but just curious if you have any alpha. I mean, the alpha that I would
1: say is keep an eye on yes. Ballers keep an eye on what flow and what Dapper is doing. I mean, we follow pretty closely aligned to what they're doing and you see, they're making these partnerships all the time, NBA, NFL, UFC, you know, more in the pipeline and like very gigantic ones in the pipeline. (laughs) Like if you think NBA and NFL is big. Yeah, that they're, they're doing <laughs> bigger stuff than that. And um, yeah, outside of that, I mean, you know, we're, we're really excited because we feel that Flow and Dapper, they, they really have the proper roadmap for mass consumer adoption. Yeah, they've done it slower. They're not OpenSea. They're not ETH. They're not, you know, leaving all this stuff out there. It's, you know, the cadence programming language on the Flow blockchain. It's extremely difficult to hack. It's hard to find coders, so when you find them, they're high quality. Um, they're doing it a little slower, and they're just doing it right, and that's why we love working on that blockchain. It's just like, you know, if if the first person that came out with something was always the one that would win, like we'd still be searching for everything on Lycos.com. Like we don't. We Google it. You know, we're not using Netscape Navigator. We use Chrome or you know Safari. Like being first doesn't always mean you're the best. Sometimes taking it slow and doing it
0: right makes a bigger difference. Definitely. Definitely agree, right? It's not always about zero to one, but whoever achieves one to a million. Yep. Thank you again, Charles, so much for your time. You're, you provided great insight in, the, in your role and as well as kind of like the future of the Baller brand. Can't wait to chat it up next time. See you on the Discord. MPE, would you like to kind of wrap it up with our contest question for all of our listeners?
2: Yeah, definitely. Just want to thank Charles. Appreciate you joining in, um, chopping it up with us, giving us some, some information on your background and just in general, ballers. So uh, you're the man for that. Uh, but regarding the last win, I think it was Crown Town. The, uh, I think he's, he's vying for a MVP spot um adjacent to justin brown i mean he's middling trades and so on and uh interacting across the board crown town we love you shout out crown town uh won the last ballers locker room uh podcast contest and this one is uh fairly simple too fairly similar uh the question for everyone is what is the audience's favorite sneakers that got airdropped? Make sure you retweet uh, with a screenshot of that sneaker. Tell us about your favorite accessories, you know, the enhancements, uh, maybe the background, silver fox, so on and so forth. Um, And, you know, there's a prize associated. So appreciate all of you listeners, all the people and uh,
3: ballers, baby. Ballers, baby. Charles, thanks again, man. Hey, super awesome podcast. Tons of awesome information. I can't believe how comfortable I feel knowing uh, we're in NFG Geniuses' hands. So uh, your talk today was a a big part of it. So yeah, thanks again for being here, man. Yeah, anytime.
2: Yeah, any uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, anything you want to tell the people, Charles, to to connect out with you? Yeah, I mean, my Twitter is just 1genx, so number one
1: G-E-N-X um linkedin you can find me charles x adkins is the username there
0: that wraps up episode four thank you so much for listening and an extra special thank you to charles atkin for providing an amazing well-rounded discussion of his role at nft genius the baller brand and web3 please like and subscribe to our podcast and be on the lookout for the giveaway question. Please send feedback or questions to Locker Room at gmail or on twitter at ballerslockerr1 See you guys next week